G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. G'day and welcome to today's 2020 podcast. I'm Matt Gees and just a reminder, you can hear the full program of 2020 every weekday on the Vision Radio Network uh, in the West from 8, in the Eastern Daylight Saving States from 11 a.m. Today on the podcast, we're going to be hearing from Christian activist Peter Madden. You know, it's still being talked about in the media here in Australia and around the world, the way our Prime Minister Julia Gillard used the word misogyny against the opposition leader Tony Abbott. You may recall that when the PM used the word in federal parliament, it attracted global attention, even to the point of being redefined, broadening the definition of what was traditionally used to describe men who hate women. Now, the whole issue isn't likely to go away since overseas groups are now adopting the word to use in their armory against pro-life groups and Christians who are standing up for the rights of unborn children. Christian activist Peter Madden is back with us today on 2020. He's perhaps best known for his call for Christians to stand up for marriage. And now he's concerned about the rise of this new weapon being used in the battle for biblical Christian values. Peter is chatting to our very own Neil Johnson. Peter, when it comes to this word misogyny, Mm -hmm. uh, there'll be those who think that, well, we've seen the Prime Minister use that word. There was a big hullabaloo about it. Uh, And pretty soon it'll all just go away. But you're not convinced that's the case. No, I'm not. I, um, I want to look deeper always. When I see these things raise their ugly heads and and we think they're just a a surface issue, it's, um, I, I think, well, is there something further and beyond this? You know, when we, with different political movements, you know, we, we're all very familiar that the Greens is not just about hugging trees. In actual fact, it's a watermelon party, green on the outside, but red on the inside, because it's very clearly totally socialist to the core and they have an agenda. Uh, behind their environmentalism. So let's not just look at the surface, but look at what's behind that. Uh, As you know, the Greens are the front for the homosexual lobby. Now, um, in the case of this misogyny, uh, I just... um, I had to look and see well, where this where this is coming from. Now, the three primary, uh, if you want to use a biblical term, principalities. We uh, we know from Ephesians six that we we fight against principalities and powers and uh, rulers in high places. Well, the way I uh, I uh, test the power and the the um, the extent of a principality in our nation is the intimidation factor. Now, the, the three most intimidating lobbies in Australia are the homosexual lobby, uh, the Islamic lobby, and the feminist lobby. Now, if you touch same-sex marriage, you're called a homophobe. If you touch... Uh, in a major way, like we've got Gerd Wilders coming out in February, there's going to be a media hullabaloo over that, etc. And don't get me wrong, I love Muslims. I had Muslims at my wedding. But um, we love the homosexual. We stand against the homosexual agenda to change marriage. We love Muslims, but we stand against the agenda of the Islamization of the globe. Well, 
feminists in a large way, uh, the the rabid side of feminism has been fairly quiet, except in the area of abortion. Now, um, abortion, uh, of course, is uh, pretty well accepted, unfortunately, based on a very tenuous legal basis in Australia. And there is a, a organization dedicated to promoting abortion and promoting women who will uphold abortion in politics, and that's Emily's List. Now, you know probably, Neil, that uh, our Prime Minister, Prime Minister Julia Gillard, wrote the Constitution and was one of the founders of Emily's List in Australia. In America, Obama is uh, part of um, Emily's List. Now, it's a feminist organisation dedicated to upholding abortion or murder. Um of the innocent. Now, when I looked at this whole misogyny thing, uh, it was very interesting. Within three or four weeks of Julia Gillard's speech that, as you said, just had incredible support around the world, and we saw the, the changing of the definition by the Macquarie Dictionary online, which was absolutely ridiculous. But um, I saw a minister, an MP in Canada, Minister Broughton. Now, like we in New South Wales have a, a legislation called Proud Schools, which is supposed to be anti-bullying legislation to stop uh, sexually conflicted youth who are uh, thinking they might be homosexuals from being bullying. The same thing in Canada. They have something called Bill 13. Now, Bill 13 is ostensibly to be about the promotion of gay straight alliance clubs within schools. Now, they're forcing these clubs also in Christian schools, Catholic schools right across the board. But Minister Broughton did a very, very interesting thing. Female minister, um, she came out and said, well, the reality is this is anti-bullying legislation, but its main use should be against this misogyny that we're seeing rise in our generation um, because, of course, the most misogynistic act is to uh, tell a woman that she doesn't have the right over her own body. So therefore, Bill 13 is to be used to uh, stop Catholic and Christian schools telling children that abortion is wrong. What you're saying is misogyny is a word we're going to hear a lot more of. It's going to be the victim card word. (laughs) Yes. And while you're talking about feminism... uh, Feminism is, as you say, it has been quiet of recent times. But well, look, there's a, gr- there's, there's a great side to feminism. There was inequality, and I think we've got to see that. You know, um, the fighting, you know, from the suffragettes right through to bring about um, things that were actually out of balance, balance. I, I believe that there is actually a, a good side that we saw. But then there is the always the, the overt side, the pushing, and it has been quiet, and I think misogyny is the next victim card. It has seemed to me that women who speak up against abortion uh, have tremendous credibility, and mm-hmm. uh, and what you're saying is it's going to be even tougher for a man uh, to stand and say abortion is wrong because this word misogyny is likely to be used, uh, as you say, the victim card, and, uh, and it will be used as a weapon against men who will stand up for a level of righteousness. I believe that will be the case. But what is actually happening is is our socialist friends, our, uh, our uh, progressive friends have become very clever. We don't have overt socialism, communism like they did in the 40s, 50s and 60s and, and the fighting of the Cold War. We've got the subversive uh, socialism of the modern age pushing through uh, progressive cultural values. Now, misogyny will 
will be just like Islamophobia, homophobia. Uh, added to that will be the big three. The third, which will be misogyny, which is now, as I said, the Canada has showed us the way it's going to go. Um, they're going to use anti-bullying legislation to shut down the teaching against abortion from a legal perspective. So whether it's just Julia Gillard accusing Tony Abbott of misogyny, there is a far deeper and darker side to this misogyny thing. Peter, as a Christian, uh, what sort of uh, way do you, in fact, uh, approach this subject? Uh, How do you uh, anticipate that Christians will stand in the near future if uh, that word is introduced into the common uh, critical uh, weaponry of of, of politics? Well, look, you've got to obviously um, be specific about the word and that's what's confused been confused by Macquarie Dictionary because they basically included chauvinism into the word misogyny misogyny is purely uh, the hatred of women now Tony Abbott as we know has a wife and daughters and is clearly uh, loves his family and, and works with women his chief of staff etc etc so the accusation was totally unfounded but because he is a man's man he's uh, been painted in this way as, as, as a misogynist now, I've been called a misogynist, but I've also been called a homophobe and Islamophobe and all sorts of things. But um, it is the modern uh, progressive socialist tactic to uh, attack an argument ad hominem. Um, and what that means is instead of attacking the ball, you attack the player. Um, instead of attacking the argument, you try to have a go at the person. It's classic uh, left-wing politics. Now, um, uh I would say to Christians is is divorce yourself from the the personal attack and say well let's look let's look at that in actual fact I love women uh, or in the case I love homosexuals as I've said to many crowds who've abused me over the time you know in the in the uh, various uh, activities I've been uh, been involved with you know people screaming at me and I just say well I love you but I love you with the love of a father that sets boundaries. Um, and they can't understand that love. Well, it's the same with misogyny. What they're trying uh, to do is say, if you love women, well, then you shouldn't, you should hands off uh, um, completely and uh, not recognise any difference between the sexes, etc. But let's be real about this and and, uh, call things what they are. Peter, stay with us because I'd like to pursue this a little more and uh, take it to a level where we talk about the ethics of the parliament and people talk about people screaming at each other and uh, abuse in the parliament, whether this, in fact, has been a foundation for these terminologies to arise, like misogyny. Stay with us, Peter. We'll come back and talk again shortly. Sure. You're listening to the 2020 podcast. Matt G's with you, and we're in a conversation with Peter Madden, Christian activist, and our own Neil Johnson. We're looking at the rising use of the word misogyny, which has been popularised by our own Prime Minister, Julia Gillard, in the Parliament and redefined by the Macquarie Dictionary, broadening the definition of what was traditionally used to describe men who hate women. Well, Christian activist Peter Madden is concerned about the rise of this word misogyny as a new weapon being used by militant feminists in the battle over issues like abortion. After all, Christians largely have a pro-life approach to babies still in their mother's wombs. Neil asked Peter whether it was likely to be harder for men to speak with a biblical foundation against abortion as an evil if we're likely to be slapped with the new tag like misogynist. Well, it depends on if you like the stouch or not. I'm a warrior. Uh, It is my particular persona 
that I enjoy the fight. And I'm not talking about uh, enjoying a physical fight, but I believe as Christians that we are called to, to fight the good fight. As Paul said, I have fought the good fight, and it is a fight. If we go to say uh, to Second Corinthians chapter 10, 3, 4, and 5, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds and the casting down, first of all, of vain imaginations, which is the realm we're entering into here. Because really what we're seeing is an Orwellian uh, thought police. We are seeing a newspeak. We are seeing a ministry of truth that says war is peace and slavery is freedom. Um, we are seeing the changing of definitions through our media, through our education system, and it's being pushed with a radical socialist agenda. Now, when we understand that, um, then uh, we, we we actually see it, it, we can quantify our enemy. And when I say I enjoy the fight, um, I enjoy standing up for righteousness. I enjoy standing in the face, as I've done in Hyde Park, Sydney, and King George Square up here, etc. People screaming at me and throwing eggs at me, etc., etc. I don't enjoy that so much, but I enjoy being in the place where I can say, "Here I stand." As Luther said, "Here I stand." We have the truth. I'm going to tell you the truth in love, and um, no matter what you hurl at me or throw at me. I'm going to stand here because I love you and I love this nation enough to stand on truth and speak the truth. And there is a nobility and a thrill to that, Neil, that I think uh, uh, most Christians need to experience and will enjoy. Peter, there's something that's happening in our nation and uh, the idea of name-calling and insulting uh, Mm. has become popularised even in our federal parliament (laughs) because uh, we can watch Question Time and uh, and some people say it's just a big drama. Uh, It's put on for the the public to see. But uh, but this name-calling and the word misogyny and uh, all sorts of uh, to-ing and fro-ing, it's it's become part of our lives. And uh, I guess as Christians we need to be uh, ready for that name calling to be uh, to be pointed towards us. It's classic stuff. Politics or politicians have lost respect. They, you know, when I was a, a boy, politicians were uh, meant to be statesmen. That's what I grew up understanding. But these days, it's a rabble, and it seems like the schoolyard in our uh, federal parliament that is that is televised and you're absolutely right but and this comes back to to the same old issue of ministering in the opposite spirit you know as, as St Francis said where where there is hatred let me show, sow your love where there is uh, discord let me sow your peace um uh, i haven't got the exact quote there but um that that we can in actual fact rise above what what we call the ad hominem name calling that you know will say well same sex marriage will endanger the family unit the construct of marriage which it is at the foundation of our society and will endanger our children because um we've already seen um uh, legislation changed in other nations to do with the education of children. And if we stick to the argument and and not be perturbed by the name-calling... Now, I'm called Pete the homophobe. I'm called Pete the something basher that I won't say on air. Um, um, I'm called all sorts of names. But it, um, it doesn't bother me because it actually shows me that the other side has have not got a valid argument. And that should encourage us. Now, in politics, I'm looking for the day when more and more statesmen and stateswomen can stand up and rise up above 
that name-calling ad hominem attack and speak with clarity and force and power and strength and authority um, and because it will dispel that name-calling. Are you born with the ability to have a thick skin or do you develop that, Peter? Because, uh, you know, you've, you've just explained to us and uh, described how you have got a thick skin, and I believe you do, uh, and it, it's pretty tough to, to, you know, to throw darts. I mean, we talk about fiery darts and the shield of faith when we talk of yeah. Christian things, but, mm-hmm. but how do you actually get a thick skin and uh, then actually step up and, and, and start to display that level of courageousness to stand for righteousness? Look, that's a very complex question. Um, it's the old nature versus nurture um, uh, argument in that, that is in all aspects of, of human development. And I believe it's both nature and nurture. I believe that certain people, are, they're warriors innately. They, they, they're born for the fight. Um, I think it's a testosterone thing with males particularly, but I mean, I know women warriors as well. Um, I, but I also believe that's got to be combined with nurture. Um, and when I say nurture, look, I've been through incredible pains and incredible sorrows uh, throughout my life um, uh, that have nearly killed me, literally. Um, and the breakings of the Lord are, are faithful. Um, God chastises those whom he loves. And look, uh, coming to this place where now I stand in the face of a lot of opposition has been a long journey. I, I probably couldn't have done it 10, 20 years ago. Um, but I think it's got everything to do with the cross of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, except a man take up his cross and uh, follow me, he cannot be my disciple. Now, when I say the cross, that means dying to self. It's not about me. See, when I live for others, when I live for the children uh, that are going to be abused and are going to be um, uh, conflicted uh, because of same-sex marriage, if I'm living for them, if they are my in my focus, in my sights, how can I care about what people are saying about me? But if, if I'm concerned about my image and what people think about me and how dare they say that about me, and that's, that's my pride. And uh, thick skin is about death to self. And it's something of the spirit of a reformer that uh, that brings about that that passion to mm. be able to stand for righteousness. Peter Madden, your website is at www.petermadden.com.au. There may be mm-hmm. some listeners uh, who will visit your website and uh, catch up on the things that you're involved in. Sure. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you, and uh, let's do this again sometime soon. Thanks for being with us on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts. Or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.